Hi, and welcome to The Curve Weekly, the podcast that keeps you up to date with all the money, business, and stock market tea. Everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. Help me, I'm poor. Hey, Sophie. Oh my God, Vic, you're back in New Zealand. I'm on the other side of the world. How buzzy is that? I know, it's fucking weird. How weird are planes? You know, you can just jump on and be on the other side of the world. So Vic had her like leaving thing slash birthday over here before she left. And then I kind of forgot you. I knew you were leaving because Saturday was a bit of a write-off. I sort of forgot that you were going first thing on Sunday. Yeah. And then when I went to message you and be like, oh my God, have a safe flight. You were already in the air. I was like, yeah. Oh. I like, yeah, it was so weird. Cause you know, normally we'll like work together. Like, I don't know. It's strange. We do You're so like, much oh together. That's like, yeah. I've lost my arm. I know. How was the flight? Oh, so Soph asked me before the record, how was your flight? And I was like, just you wait, babe. Just you wait. It took me four 48 hours to get from London to Auckland. 48. I have never experienced such a shit show in my life. I got into my bed at home midnight Tuesday night and I was just like, hallelujah, I am home. So I left London Sunday morning, flew to Singapore. My flight from Singapore to Auckland was cancelled, but that was after a 10-hour stopover and then a four-hour delay and then it was cancelled. Oh, Nah. I know. So I had to go stay a night in a hotel and... So you could have gone 14 hours earlier. I could have gone, yeah, I could have gone. Oh. They just kept delaying it and then I was just like, oh gosh. Nah, that's so shit. And there was a flight to Christchurch, which is in the South Island of New Zealand. And I was like, oh no, I, I know my flight's been delayed, but I don't want to go to Christchurch. I'll just wait for my Auckland flight. And I was like, I wish I just jumped on that flight. But when flights get cancelled, everyone's scrambling to book the next flight. Oh. And it was quite interesting, like human nature. Everyone's like, have you got on one? Oh, have you got on one? Are you going to go to Sydney? Are you, like, all these strangers like band together to try and like get on. The, it's quite funny. But at this point, I was exhausted. I was in tears. I was like, I just want to get home. And no one's awake in New Zealand. I couldn't get hold of the airline. And I was just sitting there absolutely exhausted and jet lagged. And I was just like, I just want to get home. I don't want to go to Australia and then have to wait for another flight. Anyway, I managed to get a Singapore Airlines flight the next day. Are you having to pay for this? Like, is this on top of your flight you've already paid for? So this, yeah. So this cost me 2000 US dollars. For one leg from, from Singapore ship? For one leg, yeah. But at this point, I was like, I would pay anything. This is for economy as well. I'm not paying like... This is just, I would hold onto the wing of the plane to get home. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, but I think the key thing was, and I was sitting there at my wits end and I was like, Vic, look at the positive side. You don't have to be home for anything. You're not missing a wedding or a funeral or anything like that. You have the ability to pay for a flight because you have an emergency fund exactly for these situations. You have travel insurance, so it'll be covered. And there would have been people there that wouldn't, have been in my situation that literally would have had to scramble around for a cheaper flight or call someone because I don't have the money or whatever. I don't know. I was just sitting there going, you know what? It's not the end of the world. You will get home. <laughs> Did your flight, the 2000 US one, will that be covered by insurance? Yes. Yeah. Why though? Because I had travel insurance because my flight was cancelled. Uh, so it wasn't like they were m- moving it. It was fully cancelled. It was fully cancelled. Yeah. All these other flights were flying in and out and they said it was cancelled due to thunderstorms. I was like, but hang on, there's a lot of other flights that are flying in. Anyway. Oh my gosh. And it's funny, I had this 
list of stuff to do on the plane. I was about to say, did you get your stuff done? But like before she left, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's on my list to do. I'm doing it on the plane. But she said it about like everything. She was like, yeah, 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 that's on my plane list. I'll be doing that on the plane. I was like, oh, she's going to have a very productive flight home. I did the first leg and then (laughs) as the tiredness and jet lag set in and the drama of the flights that kind of took priority... I was just like, oh my gosh, I'll wait, I'll do this when I get home. But yeah, it was not the most productive, but the intention was there. (laughs) That's such a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, well, at least you're home. And how was your birthday? Like the second celebration, Vic purposely booked her flight so that she could be home for her birthday twice. So she had a birthday in London and a birthday in Auckland. I was sitting in Changi Airport in Singapore and I was like, I am not having my birthday in an airport. I am getting home. Even if I have to swim, I am not spending... (laughs) My birthday in the airport. I love that you love your birthdays. So did you make it home in time? I got home about 1am on my birthday. So in the Uber, I was like, woo, it's my birthday. (laughs) But no, it's so nice to be home. Nice and warm and sunny. Oh, yeah. And me so. Oh, my God. Where is she? Oh, my God. How was it being reunited with your daughter? Sit sit down. Sit down. Good girl. Did she recognize you? 100%. I'm unforgettable. She's unforgettable. (laughs) So... It hasn't just been a shit show in my life. It's actually been a shit show in the AI world. Oh, no. How bad? So the company that owns ChatGPT is called OpenAI. And now this is a private company. It's one of the largest private companies, meaning it's not listed on the stock exchange. And so it's worth about $90 billion. And Microsoft... I know this. Microsoft owns a portion of it. Yes. Well done. Yes. So Microsoft owns... 49%, so just under half. And during the week, the board at OpenAI kicked out the CEO. So he was effectively fired. And this is what boards can do. A board is effectively a group of people that shareholders vote in to control the company. And they their role is to govern the company, you know, make sure that companies are taking too much risk. And one of their key roles is to hire and fire the CEO. And so this is what the board did. And it was a huge, huge shock because the main guy, the CEO of OpenAI, his name's Sam Altman, is almost like the AI king. Like OpenAI and ChatGPT is kind of the pinnacle of AI at the moment. You know, it's a household name. They're really, I guess, commercialized AI in a sense for a lot of people. Why did they get rid of him? What did he do? So this was a thing they haven't actually said. Oh my God, scandal. Yeah. So anyway, but it was a really shocking, I guess, kind of twist. And what happened was then the CEO of Microsoft was like, hey, come over here. We've got a job for you. And so they hired him. No way. To join Microsoft. And now this has given Microsoft this huge edge in It's AI development and growth strategy. Has the share price just gone up? Yeah, yeah. So Microsoft share price went up. Obviously, OpenAI is not public, so its share price hasn't moved as such, but the value of the business would have gone down because you lost one of your key people. And then what followed, this is honestly like desperate housewives. Oh, this is so scandalous. Yeah. 700 of OpenAI's employees. So they've they've only got 770 staff. So nearly 90% of their staff said, we're going to leave if the CEO leaves. <gasps> so there's literally no company. Oh my God, what happened? I really want to know. I was trying to do some digging and I think it's off the back of they're trying to have a profitable growing business while also giving AI to the masses. And I think it takes a lot of computing power and a lot of energy to 
to use chat GPT and they've had to limit the number of people that can use it because of of how much power it takes. And so I think there's probably a, a, a sorry, a disagreement in strategy in terms of a business. That's the usual reason that a CEO gets fired is that, you know, they want to take the business one way and the board is like, no, that's too risky, for example. It would have been a disagreement along those lines. But anyway, the, the fact that he's joined Microsoft and all the staff, pretty much all the staff at uh, OpenAI, like we're going to walk too, has now meant shareholders are like, we're going to get rid of the board because the board has made a ridiculous decision to fire him. And this is happening daily. The latest is that he is now back at OpenAI. Oh, he's gone back. He's gone back, but the board is being what we call kind of overturned. So the board is getting fired by shareholders. So there's been a huge turn of events. I cannot believe that. I would yeah. love to know what happened behind the scenes. I know. Oh my God, imagine yeah. your ego if you got kicked out. But usually it's those people like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs who have these audacious goals or these there's this drive to create an amazing business, but not necessarily a profitable one. And that is right. what drives earnings per share and share price growth which is what shareholders are concerned with. So there's always this kind of... It's like polarity between what people want in a way. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's some shareholders like, we don't care about making a profit, just grow the business. But at the end of the day, kind of what grows the share price is earnings growth. So if a company is making loss after loss after loss, yeah, eventually the board has to be like, hang on a second. The CEO is doing a shit job. See you later. We, We can get someone better. Wow. So sorry. So basically what's happened is they said to the CEO, you're out, you're done. Mm -hmm. And then all the employees were like, oh, if he's leaving, so are we. Which by the way, side note, imagine how stoked you'd be if basically every single employee, like 700 people were like, nah. It's kind of cool. I love that story. Do you think they'll ever bring it like release or talk about why they decided to do that? Like, is that, could that be public knowledge if it's a private company? My understanding would be very similar to Steve Jobs and an Elon Musk situation where open AI and AI in general is going to change the world. But most of the time, you can't change the world by operating a profitable company. Does that make sense? So I feel like the CEO at OpenAI would have been like, we need to just grow and grow and grow. And in order to change the world, we we can't be focused on profits right now. And the board was probably like, you're taking too much risk because their main thing is about risk. You're taking too much risk. You need to chill out effectively and make this business profitable if it's going to succeed. So Ooh, fascinating. Nine times out of 10, it is differences in the outlook of the business. Yeah, yeah. And what, what you're trying to achieve. Because of course, the person that's worried about the revenue and profits is probably looking at the numbers being like, shit, shit, shit. Whereas he's yeah. like, big picture, blue sky thinking. Totally. Yes. Yeah, so very similar situation is NVIDIA. You know, that company that we spoke about a while ago, they make chips that are used in AI products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so this stock was one of the best performing stock in the S&P 500 this year. It's up 245%, which is massive. Anyway, they had their result and they just blew the lights out. There was expectations of revenue growth and they just blew them out of the park. Their revenue is up over 200% uh, and they're projected to deliver even faster growth next year. Like it's just insane what this company has produced. And it's riding that AI wave. And I think this kind of comes back to the initial story that we're talking about, meaning like you kind of have to run the whole AI boom. It is a boom. There's, I guess there's just like a massive tidal wave at the moment of AI and it's really an investing theme at the moment. But also be wary because that does mean there is huge expectations for these companies to deliver. 
And NVIDIA's share price actually went down after this result because even though it produced a really, really good result, it wasn't as much as people had expected. People get greedy. I guess like a good way to do it though, if you're not wanting to just pick what's going to be the best, biggest AI company would be looking at ETFs, right? Definitely. Yeah. Because you never know. Well, it's, it's not a space that I know well enough to be able to pick who's going to win and who's not. But I know with pretty good certainty that this is overall an investing trend that's going to probably be around for a while. So, and something I want to get exposure to. But I, like you said, I don't know necessarily which specific companies are going to do well. So yes, an ETF is a great idea. Sophie? Where can people look up ETFs if they're wanting to have a look for that? They can just Google. Go to ETF.com. Really original website. I know. I'm like, it sounds fake. No, I, no. And in there, you can literally search artificial intelligence and it'll come up with all these artificial intelligence ETFs. You can search pets. And it'll come up with all these pet ETFs. You can search women, you can search healthcare, you can search Australia, and it just comes up with a whole bunch of them. So So if you do that and you find an ETF and you're like, oh, I don't really understand how to read it or like what the fees are or whatever, Mm. feel free to screenshot and send it to us on like Instagram or wherever because you can Google it and then be overwhelmed when you see 500 of the same thing. So if you do feel like that, definitely get in touch. And there's usually like weird words in the in the title that kind of make you just a bit confused. I hate finance sometimes. I know. I was doing this panel the other week and they were like, what do you want to see happen in the finance world and then with investing in the next five or 10 years? And I was like, less regulation, less confusing jargon, just need to democratize it more. Like doesn't need to be so confusing. Open up the exclusive club to everyone. Like, honestly, I was just, everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> power to the people. <laughs> Um, Vic, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, you're going to be so proud of me, is if I've done my research, I saw a few things pop up about crypto. Oh. Has there been like things happening in that space that are Curve Weekly worthy? Yes, there has. Well done, Sophie. Well, you know, since you're on the plane, I thought must keep tabs on things, you know. <laughs> must read the news. Yes. So there's been a lot going on in the AI world. There's been a lot going on in the crypto world. So remember that back in 2021, Bitcoin got to like $64,000 for one coin. It's now at 37000 So it's still a long way off that peak, but it's, it's up 124% this, this year. But anyway, yes, you're right. So do you remember a while ago that Sam Bankman freed? Yes, because I was about to say this whole thing happening with OpenAI sounds kind of like that whole drama that happened in the crypto world. Yeah. So this was one of the biggest financial frauds in history. Uh, he is now facing up to 115 years in prison for his business FTX. For anyone that missed that, can you give like a quick top line? Yeah. So effectively, he had the second biggest crypto exchange called FTX. And so this is like a stock exchange where you trade cryptocurrencies. And then effectively what he was doing, he was shuffling money into, I think it was like his girlfriend's company. Like there was a lot of moving money around, really dodgy stuff. Anyway, what happened was the largest crypto exchange, Binance, went to acquire FTX because I reckon he knew he was in trouble. So he was like, let's get acquired. And then they fat, they looked at their books and were like, you are so dodgy. Yeah. So then when they pulled out and were like, we're not interested that's when the kind of pants came down or the curtains opened and <laughs> everyone was like, okay, well, if they're, if this company is not interested, there must be something going on. And then that kind of unraveled and it was just this massive scandal. So anyway, he's in prison, is he? Or going to face like 150 years. 115 years of prison. So he embezzled like $10 billion of clients' money. Anyway, that kind of led to Bitcoin falling off a cliff because people were like, oh my gosh, cryptocurrencies are dead. Now, 
Binance, the CEO of Binance, has been found guilty of money laundering. Oh, God. So this has just now put further skepticism in the crypto world. And I guess the thing about crypto is that the whole point of it is it's not traceable. If you think about dodgy people, drug dealers, I don't know, people with gambling money or like just dodgy money, it's very easy to hide your tracks. And so while that's a positive thing, it's also a negative thing. It means that there's a lot of dodgy money in crypto. So this is kind of what has happened with what finance. What a bloody scandal. Also, sorry, if he's been caught doing that and he was in his high horse being like, we're not buying FTX because they're yeah. dodgy. It's like, oh, come on, mate. Like glass houses. Totally. Surely you were like, oh gosh, quick, quick, quick. Let's clean our books because we're surely going to be next. So yeah, some of the violations um, in terms of money laundering is to do with Hamas and other terrorist groups. So there's money that's being funded to them. So because you don't have that traceability, there's so much like, dirty money that goes on in crypto. And so I think this is going to be a real big shakeup for the crypto world when you've got the two largest crypto exchanges now have been fined. It doesn't, personally, doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in cryptocurrencies for myself. No, definitely not. But I guess also if you're thinking of it as a long game, you would have the approach in your head of like, okay, yeah, these have been two massive blowups, but there's just going to have to be a little bit more regulation and Totally. And maybe this is what needs to happen to make it. Although we did say that with FTX, didn't we? <laughs> it's like, how many more? And like, <laughs> I don't know, 10 frauds later, we're like, no, this is the last one. This is the last one. I'm not giving up on it just yet. Yeah. And on a lighter note, Zara, the clothing store, has also had a result, which a lot of people will know Zara. So its parent company is Inditex. So Inditex is the parent company and Zara accounts for about 70% of Inditex's sales. So when people refer to this company, they refer to it as Zara because it's the majority of the business. Mm. Uh, but it's listed on the Spanish Stock Exchange and the owner of this business is now the second richest man in Europe. So remember Bernard Arnold from LVMH is the first. This guy is the second and their share price has done fantastically well. It's up 50% this year. And it's all around, they've had a really good result, but that result was due to the fact that people are spending more money at these fast fashion discount retailers because they're, they're kind of trading down, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. people that might not have spent, or might not have shopped as much at Zara, for example, are now feeling the pinch and they're like, okay, we're going to have to spend more money there. I had a friend even the other day, like I was, I sent her a um, link to all these things from Paris, Georgia that I wanted to buy. And she was like, don't do it. You're like me. You're doing an impulsive. You're not thinking about it. You're just getting excited because it's a sale. I was like, you're so right. So I stopped. But she was like, honestly, at times like this, you've got to look at things like Coz, Zara, like obviously buying fast fashion is not great. But mm. if you can't afford to buy your entire wardrobe from, you know, ethical, sustainable brands, then what are you meant to do? Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. I'm really torn because there's no way I can afford an entire wardrobe of handmade New Zealand garments. But at the same time, like, I'm not that stoked that Zara's done really well. Like, it's not... I know. It's 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 a conflicting situation. Like, I understand it from a consumer perspective. And also, it's quite a good example of being like, look around you, what your friends are doing, what are people doing? Yeah. And you're right, people are trading down because not everyone can afford the row. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've literally got served an ad that was like the rows of up boots, like a, a fake version of them. 
You're like, should I? No, I'm not, uh, yeah, I know. I was like, no, okay. Oh, I know. It's hard. And also those emails, I'm like, don't open it, don't open it. And I'm like, I'll just have a look. And then oh. I look and I'm like, it's so gutted. And I'm like, oh, but yes, they are doing well. I, I know that you were like, oh, it's an exciting thing. And I kind of thought it would be so. I'm sorry, I'm being Nicky Nancy, aren't I? Yeah. I thought it was an exciting Curve Weekly. There was so much going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there definitely is. I think we should start the, um, you know, Desperate Husbands of Crypto or something. Yes. Thank you so much, Vic. No worries. My life update. I feel like I'm going to need to have an evening coffee. I feel like I'm like starting to wind down. You're like, I'm ready to go. I know. <laughs> I think it's only because I'm jet lagged and I have been up for a few hours already and I'm like, woohoo. Well, I'm glad you made it home into your own bed. And you'll be here soon and we can both be on the same time zone. I know, I know, I know. I actually, as soon as you left, I was like, I knew I'd regret not going at the same time as you. <laughs> okay. Have a silence. good day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Curve Weekly. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all the money, biz and stock market news. And if you like what you heard, we would love a review. Thank you. Yes, we would love a review. But if you Only did hate one. it, please yeah, don't leave one if you hate it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, could you please leave a review? Because it really helps other people find our cute little podcast. And we hope you have a good week and see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. See you next Tuesday. Lol. <laughs> See you next Tuesday, I mean Monday.